This is the Tiger Town Sports Podcast, a podcast made to connect more with supporters of Northeast Athletics. Each week, we interview those who are responsible for setting the culture and leading our programs to success. Welcome to Tiger Town. And we welcome you to another edition of our Tiger Town Sports Podcast, live and direct from the Tiger Den Studios here on the campus of Northeast Mississippi Community College. Blake Long, Ryan Moreland, we're hoping that everybody here had a great fall break. Uh, coming to you a little later than we normally do, of course, because of fall break and everything going on. Coming off of homecoming week as well, a successful homecoming week, Ryan Moreland, as the Tigers move to 5-0. and Yeah, a big win, big home win on homecoming, and I thought that the Tigers played really well. Mm -hmm. They sure did, and especially given the weather conditions because uh, right near the end of the first half, the rain came, and boy, did it come. Yeah, the rain came, and people scattered, and homecoming had to be moved. Homecoming had to be moved. (laughs) First time in my tenure here at Northeast that the homecoming was not held at its traditional uh, halftime of the football game. Of course, they moved it over to Bonner Arnold Coliseum after the game was over with. I hate that the young ladies and the escorts didn't get a chance to uh, have that traditional moment, but they got to have it in a dry, great environment. But the game went on, Ryan, and the Tigers had an outstanding second half, led by Cameron Dill at quarterback, had a really good effort. Chris McMillan had a great game at running back. Uh, the defense did what the defense does. Um, unfortunately, that quarter streak came to an end in the first quarter, however, giving up only 20 points to a Holmes offense that it was averaging or actually came off of a 50-plus point performance the week before. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all, and especially the weather conditions. You give up it was tied at 10 at halftime, so you, you give up 10 in the second half. Meanwhile, your offense found a way to score 27 more points to, to get the win. Absolutely, and look, you got to give uh, all credit in the world to Cameron Dill coming in in a tough situation and looked very good, all things considered. And that's one thing that Greg Davis has talked about since the be- before the season really even began, Ryan, is that it didn't matter if it was Justin Kowalik, Cameron Dill, and we've seen them mix in and out all year long. Of course, Dill ended up getting a majority of the snaps against Holmes, um, but he was ready. He was prepared, and he looked really good. Hey, you hate to see injuries to your guys, especially at the quarterback positions. Like he said before, you know, he's only got two true quarterbacks. And so it was good to see Cameron Dill come in and ready, and he looked ready, looked really good throughout the night. And, you know, a couple of mistakes, a wet ball and some different things, but I thought overall he looked really good. Yep, no doubt about that. Defense, again, outstanding. Janari Bell with a big fumble recovery. Set up a score in the fourth and final quarter of play. Uh, Keaton Thomas, another double-digit tackling effort to lead our guys there. Linebacking core was solid. DBs, once again, really good uh, against uh, the top passer by passing yards per game, I believe, in the MACCC. He and the East Mississippi quarterback are quite similar as far as that goes. Uh, But I thought did a great job of limiting, uh, limiting that passing effort. The weather, of course, had a little bit to do with that. However, our defense did, uh, especially after the first quarter, made some adjustments and really was sharp all night long. Yeah, for a majority of the first half, the weather really wasn't an issue as it didn't rain until like the last couple minute or so of the first half. But, yeah, I mean, to give up 10 points to a high-powered offense like Holmes has proven to be this year – uh, I'd say your defense played pretty well. Absolutely. And a shout-out to Guy Gillespie as well, MACCC Special Teams Player of the Week, and he did a little bit of everything and has been all year long. But this was one of his better games, all things considered, again, with the weather conditions. I think four out of six touchbacks somewhere in there, or kickoffs were touchbacks, uh, four punts inside the 20-yard line, 30-yard field goal, uh, all but one make on extra points. His only miss was a blocked P- uh, PAT as well, um, so not of his own fault. So, again, solid night for Guy Gillespie. Yeah, it was, and, you know, his kicking game has always been there. He's always had the leg to connect from deep, and his punting game is what really I'm surprised about is, mm-hmm. is how well he's been able to punt because he averages nearly 
40 yards a punt, and he's among tops of punters in the nation and punts inside the 20. No question about that. And that, to me, is the key stat for punting, is that punt inside the 20-yard line. Coach Davis, again, another thing he emphasizes so much is special teams, and we congratulate Guy on a very, very well-deserved award after that big win over Holmes. As a result of that win, Tigers are once again up in the NJCA football poll. Now number nine in the country, top ten for the first time since uh, the first poll of 2017. Yeah, that's big to be uh, ranked this high. And also, you go back to the 2016 season, sure. as, as we've referenced before, a special season. But I believe we were top 10 toward kind of in this position right here, getting towards the end of the season right. yep. in the top 10. So, very, a lot of similarities still building there. No doubt about that. Of course, that team ended up finishing 6-3, and three, ranked number 10 in the country. We're hoping for an even better finish than 6-3 and three now that the Tigers are 5-0. and oh, Of course, we'll talk about this week's game down at East Central at the conclusion of our podcast. Big, big game on the road for our Tigers coming up this week. Got to talk about golf as well. Uh, they were in action early in homecoming week, and for the second straight tournament, they have a runner-up finish. And uh, if you're Coach Derek Devon, that's a great way to continue to build the momentum for this season. Yeah, a couple of top two finishes to start the season. You know, that's a good place to start, and you hope to you know be able to climb into that one spot a couple of times before the end of the year. Sure do, absolutely. Of course, they're facing great competition week in, week out. Mississippi Gulf Coast won the tournament. Jackson Williams was phenomenal there as well. Another all-tournament finish for that young man, the freshman out of Auburn, Alabama, who was under par on the final day of the tournament. So golf off to a great start, two top two finishes there. They'll be back in action next uh, week at the Laurel Country Club. Uh, volleyball again continues their regular season play, wrapped up their home slate on this past Friday. Uh, hard to believe that the home schedule is already done for our Lady Tigers. Um, of course, they finished it up with a try match against Northwest and Bevel State. And then we'll go ahead and talk about Monday's match and win over Freed Hardeman on the road to start a nine-match road trip to end the regular season. And hard to believe, but Coach Mays and her crew starting to wind things down here. Yeah, starting to wind things down the last couple matches here on the road. They're getting ready for and, and then the, the playoffs. That's right. You know, she will be in the playoff automatically. Four teams in Region 23 playing volleyball. All four will make that Region 23 tournament. That will be October 27, just, what, two weeks from this Friday, I believe, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks away. So you've got a couple matches to – you know, figure uh, the last couple of things out and maybe see if you can make a little run towards the end of the season. One more regular season region match to go down at Pearl River, uh, which may or may not host the Region 23 tournament. Things are starting to come together there as far as hosting privileges. We'll have that information for you on down the road. And naturally, fall exhibition play continuing for baseball. They were up at Millington, Tennessee at USA Stadium, or as Coach Woolbrand calls it, Boonville North. <laughs> Um, we had eight regular season games there last year. Uh, the guys played Southwest Tennessee and State Fair out of Missouri. And then, of course, our softball program was at home at the Plex this past week, taking on Rust College. Big win over uh, Rust from the NAI. And then also Blue Mountain Christian University and fall exhibition play as well. And so with that note, I think that covers everything from last <laughs> week. If it doesn't, forgive us. Oh, I take that back. We had tennis and exhibition play as well <laughs> at Bevel State. It is hard to keep up with everything going on. Um, but we are appreciative of all the sports, all our coaches, all our athletes. They're working hard and hard to believe. We're pretty much at the halfway point of the fall semester now, Ryan. That's hard to believe, too. Yeah, it is hard to believe because volleyball is winding down. Football's over, over the halfway point there. And, you know, in the blink of an eye, it'll be basketball. 
Sure, yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> Exhibition play continuing for our Tigers, and again, we'll talk more about that at the end of our podcast. Without further ado, let's move into our featured segments here of our podcast. This week, we're going to do it a little differently, Ryan. Uh, as part of our homecoming festivities last week, of course, we had our annual Northeast Sports and Alumni Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, a wonderful moment there. It's always one of my favorite parts of homecomings, getting those legends back on campus. And we had four great inductees. We're going to hear from our three Sports Hall of Fame inductees, uh, Ryan, Johnny Payton, of men's basketball player from New Albany, uh, also Fred Stafford, men's basketball player from Rienzi, and then Brendan Traubach, who represented Northeast in the NFL. He's originally from Marietta, Georgia. And uh, Ryan, it was great to see all three of those uh, gentlemen here on campus last week, and they're all three great representatives of Northeast. Yeah, they are, and it was good to see them here and, and to hear some of their stories and, and about what Northeast means to them. Yep, and we'll hear that here in just a second. Some uh, very heartfelt moments, especially during, and I invite you to go back. We'll have that ceremony on our YouTube page eventually. Um, go back and watch that because Brendan Trowicks especially was full of emotion, um, and I really appreciated his his speech there. Um, you'll hear from Brendan again. You'll hear from Fred and also Johnny. Coming up here in just a moment as our Tiger Town podcast rolls along from the campus of Northeast Mississippi Community College back after this timeout. Someone once said, life is constantly moving forward, and that's the way we like it. First day, first year moving forward, fast. Don't just find yourself, create your future. Want to design something? Great. Learn how to design websites and apps. Learn anything. With education, you can change the world. Future in fighting crime? Want to save lives? Do it here, and here too. Side-by-side side learning from experts in their fields. But you've got to move forward fast. Because today is now and tomorrow is coming soon. And to get ahead of the game, you've got to get ahead of your time. Moving forward, not backwards, forward. So what are you waiting on? Get moving. Move your ideas. Move others too. This is your future, your opportunity. So take it and move all of us forward. All right, Brendan Trowick, man, first off, congratulations and welcome home. Uh, what's it been like being back on campus for the first time in several years today? Um, it's crazy. I've seen a lot of growth um, as of ev everywhere um, in the whole United States. So much new construction, buildings. Um, it just looks like a looks like a different place. Man, in a way it is. You know, the football field house is new when you get down there from when you were here in 2010. Brand new baseball, softball field. You got to keep moving forward, I guess, right? Uh, to get better and of course you did in your career you moved forward from northeast and were very successful uh when you look back at your football career how would you describe how blessed you were um extremely blessed um uh, man i didn't like coming out of high school i knew i was good um going into college um it wasn't until i left michigan state to come here to realize like it was more work to do like so um, just having the attitude of not being complacent of where I was at at the current time and thinking about and having a, a big head, thinking that I came from Michigan State coming to a JUCO and not and staying grounded, staying settled, and still putting in the work to get back where I needed to go. No question about that. Look, and you mentioned it in your induction speech. When you arrived here to Boonville, little of Boonville, Mississippi, you know, what were your thoughts when you got here? Uh, like, where am I at? Where am I at? But... <laughs> Um, it, it, it was for a reason, so I just had to figure, I just had to tell myself, um, you ain't gonna be here for long. So it's just temporary, it's just a stop in the road and just make your mark. 
do what you're supposed to do, and everything else will take care of itself. And it certainly did, of course. You had a great year here at Northeast on a very talented football team. Uh, when you look back at that one semester, that year you spent here at Northeast, you know, what do you reflect on the most, whether it was improvement, whether it was uh, something maybe mentally, academically? You know, what's one of the biggest takeaways from Northeast that you took and made you a better successful person? Um, creating something out of nothing. Cause there's no, really nothing here, so you had to create everything here. Uh, we didn't really, when I was here, we didn't really have a weight room. We had like a little, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It was like pretty much a room the size of this room with all the weights in it. So we just had to get to work. You just had to get get active and do whatever you could to, to keep your mind off of the city and into bigger plans in your own life. No question about that. So when you finish that year at Northeast, you get that offer from Troy, and you take it. What was it like getting back to the Division One level? I mean, it felt good. Um, my dad had one to Troy when he was um, coming up, so it felt good to follow in, kind of follow in his footsteps and go step in the same hallways he used to walk in. Um, but um, it was the same thing when I got to Troy. Um, it wasn't like what I was used to. It wasn't where I was from. Um, so it was the same thing, like, this is, hey, we still got work to do. This is just a stop. This is just a little quick stop, and we still got work to do. And, and you put in the work, and you got that opportunity at the NFL. Uh, when you signed that first contract, how much of a sweet moment was that? Oh, it felt amazing, um, especially going into it um, undrafted and then lasting as far as I did. And, I mean, obviously making it to the Pro Bowl too, but just lasting in the league for that long. Um, just tell show the testament of the work that was put in. Yeah, you got to play with some great franchises, the Ravens, obviously the Titans as well, where you made the playoffs a couple of times. You know, as you look at your seven-year career, um, what, what are some of the biggest takeaways from you on that aspect of your football career as far as playing professionally for seven wonderful years? In that situation, um, just when you're in a professional setting in anywhere, you just have to learn from the people that's there to learn how to be a pro. So that's what um, my rookie year coming undrafted and being uh, on a team with guys like Joe Flacco, Terrell Suggs, Ray Rice, things like that, um, you kind of learn fast from them. They had just won a Super Bowl the year before, so you you learn fast and you have to have a certain uh, way of doing things to last that long into, in the league. So. Yep. I would love to know who you, you consider your biggest mentors in the league were. Uh, biggest mentors in, my, in the league? Um, Older guy, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Levine, uh, James Ahedabo, uh pretty much the guys I played with uh, my first couple years in the league, they were, they were more my mentors. So I see the guys uh, when I was on the Ravens, because when I um, started going to different teams, I became the vet. So like people was coming to me, asking me for information and things like that. So Phenomenal. it was probably the older cats when I first came into the league were my, my most uh, memorable mentors. And, and I got to ask you to follow up, when those guys, those rookies started coming to you, was that a surreal moment to know, hey man, I've made this, I'm established here in the league. Was that pretty cool? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool because they, they obviously, because you don't really look for players for, to, for validation. It's the coaches and everybody else. So when the players come to you and asking how you did that and things like that, it's definitely a surreal moment because they believe in you, then everybody else got to believe in you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you were a standout defensive player at Northeast, at Troy, uh, Michigan State, your high school career before that. But, of course, special teams is where you made your role for the most part in the NFL. And it's a role I feel like a lot of players look past. But in your opinion, how important is the special teams units? Oh, it was very important, especially coming from a, a lower draft pick, fifth, sixth, seventh round, and undrafted tryout guys. 
So it's very important. That's how you're going to make the team uh, coming out because you, you're going to get your shot in practice, but you're not going to get as many plays as, let's say, the person that was playing last year or the first round, second round pick. So when you get your opportunity, even when you get in on defense, you have to make a play. And then on special teams, you have to make more plays. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, and so, of course, that led to a Pro Bowl selection for you. When you learned you'd make the Pro Bowl, how amazing was that? Oh, it was super amazing because I had uh, we had lost in the second round to the Pits, to the um, Patriots. So after we lost, I forgot about the season. Like a couple days later, I flew to Jamaica, and I was in Jamaica just on vacation. And my agent calls me like, "Yo, uh, you have, you just got selected for the Pro Bowl. You got to fly back in like two two days." So I'm like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> so I literally had to book a flight. Fly back to Atlanta, get my stuff to fly to Orlando to go to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was cool. That is a really cool story, man. Look, playing against elite talent, you mentioned the Patriots, Tom Brady, and, of course, every all the great guys there. Every NFL team's got elite talent. So how was it like playing against the best of the best? Oh, man, it was amazing. It was a dream come true. Um, when, you, when you play sports as a kid, you always thinking about you th- always think about what it's like to, to play in the league. So... Um, at that moment when I was in the league, it kind of flashed me back to when I was a kid looking at TV and watching like people on TV, um, like intro role and guys like that on TV. Um, so it was just a surreal moment just being in those shoes and being amongst history of all the players before me and, and after me. So Yep. You know, football fans around the country are passionate and, and NFL fans take it to the next level. You know, what was it like the atmospheres in those NFL stadiums? Oh, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, Baltimore was amazing. Tennessee was amazing. Oakland was amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, the fans are not like no other. They have your support. Obviously, there are some trolls out there, but if you do the right thing, they'll be on your back. They'll be on your side. Yeah, hey, no question about that. Social media age, you got trolls everywhere, yeah. without a doubt. Look, um, you, you've been blessed throughout your career. And a second ago, when we had the induction ceremony, you were emotional up at the podium. Um, of course, your family's here. They've been such a big role in your life. I'd love to know, you know, why the emotion? Obviously, this was a special place to you in the, in the year you were here. Uh, so so what, what went into that emotion at the podium today? Um... Just not, um, just uh, recognizing the achievement. Um, never been got an award like this, single like an individual award like this. So um, it was just cool seeing the people that came before me and then me getting this. So yeah, that's what I was cool. And that's really awesome, man. Look, if you had any advice for somebody wanting to come to Northeast, what would you tell them about that? Um, don't look around. Just look straight. Just look straight. Yeah, and, and for you, of course, coming back on that JUCO path helped get your your path to the NFL back in order. You know, again, how, how appreciative of I'm you are again. you? Said, I so, said, ask the question again. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I said, you coming back here to Northeast got your path to the NFL back going in the right direction. You know, for somebody, who, tell me about how much you appreciate the JUCO path and how important that level of football is for our kids around the country. Um, JUCO is definitely um, very important. Obviously, D1 situation is a little bit different now than when I was in school. So, um, but yeah, it's very important. You, um, you, you leave D1, you come to a JUCO, so you come to a smaller town. Um, you still have to go to class and stuff. So you still have a chance to get your education. Um, the resources here are less than you would have at a D1. So you have to make do with what you got. If you want to do something big, you have to think outside the box. So um, it's just, 
uh, you just have to use your mind, look straight, focus, and um, just have respect for yourself. Absolutely. Let's wrap this interview up. Look, give a shout out to your family, those that are important to you again, uh, and congratulations again. How much of an honor is it? Well, let's shout out your family first, and then let's ask how, how big of an honor again is this in your opinion? Um, thank you, Mom, Dad, Bridget, George. Thank you, Kathy. Love you, Zen. Um, Northeast is a special place, has a special place in my heart. I love everybody here. Coach Fred Stafford is here. Coach, congratulations. What an honor it is, and, and rightfully so, to be in the Northeast Sports Hall of Fame. First and foremost, how are you feeling after everything tonight? Honored. It was, uh, it was shocking when I first heard it, but uh, I'm honored. And, and you guys are almost like a first family of Northeast. You know, you have one sister and, of course, your brother Maurice in the Sports Hall of Fame now. You know, what's it like to join them as part of that family? Uh, I was I was in the back of my mind I was looking forward to it you know joining them in, in the Hall of Fame and uh, it's just wonderful it's great no question about that look your career here at Northeast was amazing you played for a legend in Harvey Childers right. and of course another one in high school with Mike Lewis right. you know what are those two coaches there you know I think so highly of them and I know you do too what are some of the things they taught you and the other young men around them that have made so many people successful through the years well, with Coach Lewis, he was uh, basically my uh, the basics of basketball for me, you know, and uh, he taught me all the basics and basically how to be a young man. And, and then I got to uh, Coach Childers and uh, phenomenal coach, uh, defensive minded coach, he, you know, and that's the way I really got on the floor because when I got here, it was the talent level here was great. And so the way to get on the floor was defense and that got me on the floor. And I, once I got on, I stayed. And it was an amazing two years here. You know, looking back at your career here at Northeast, would you just go through some of the great memories that you have looking back at that time in your life? Like uh, my first year here, uh, I, I come in, you know, wasn't expecting to start, but, uh, and I didn't the first couple of games, but like I said, as far as, uh, playing defense and it got me on the floor and I started from, from that point on, uh, played with some great guys, uh, Anthony Gamble, who's in the hall of fame, uh, Derek Fears, who's here, who was here at the hall of induction tonight, uh, David Foote, uh, Clay Johnson, all American, uh, played with great guys and, uh, Tony Edmond who went on to play at TCU, played with some great guys and it was just fun being, you know, and, and no doubt, do you have any memories of the trip to Hutch, uh, the national tournament, the national championship game? What do you remember going out there? My biggest memory about uh, that year was uh, just beating Colleen. Yeah. You know, the year before they uh, they won state, put us out. Uh, they won the regionals, put us out, and uh, kept us from going to to the nationals. Uh, the next year, I mean, it was like we played them a couple of times regular season, and and that was our thing. We, you know, we were just gonna beat them as bad as we could, and and we did, and that was. And it felt like maybe it was a year where no matter which of the two teams won, they were going to have success at the national tournament because Correct. of how good both Correct. were, both, right? Both squads were loaded, yes. Yep, and so obviously you guys won out and got out there to Hutch, one of the most memorable teams in school history. I know we fell short in the national championship game, but making it out there, I'm sure uh, Hutch is always a place special to Northeast fans. So what was it like representing Northeast out there on the national stage? Uh, it was great. I mean, we played two or three games before the championship game, and uh, – all of them were fun games. It was just fun being out there, you know, the atmosphere of uh, the national championship, never been in, you know, in that type of atmosphere. And uh, it was just fun just being out there and playing. 
you know, you went on to UNA, and of course, had two more special years there. You know, we were pretty blessed in the sport of basketball, um, but but that national championship, you wanted UNA to describe that run through the national tournament there for two for me, if you don't mind. Got to, when I first got to UNA, it was probably the most talented team that I've ever played with. And uh, the year, the next year, we won like 29, we were like 27 and five, maybe my, my first year there, and with great talent. And then the next year, we weren't as talented, but we played so much better together. And uh, we had six guys that averaged double figures. Our, our leading scorer that year came off the bench. Uh, great guys, we all loved each other, uh, played well together. Uh, you know, and then we made it, we made, uh, Troy beat us. We lost four games that year. We were 29 and four. Troy beat us twice in the regular season, which were in our, they were in our conference. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, we luckily made the uh, playoffs, and uh, we got to see them again. And we were at their on their home floor, beat them, and we played Hampton University, beat them, and went on to the nationals. And we got there, and I was like, guys, I'm not losing another one. So it was just fun being in, playing in the national championship again. And Chevrolet most valuable player. An amazing run there. Do you remember? Obviously, what what stands out to you about that championship game against Bridgeport University? Um. One guy, uh, Lambert, Lambert Shell, I think is what he was all American. He was averaging 20 some plus points a game. Uh, just guarding him and uh, playing great defense on him and still being able to score, maintain and score in that ball game. It was, it was great. Outstanding. And of course, your basketball career wasn't over with then. Uh, you've been a part of basketball now over 30 years as a coach. You know, I feel like, because my dad's one, coaching is a calling where you're you're molding young men and women to be productive in society, to be great players, of course, as well. Right. But w w what called you to be a coach? I'd love to know. Um, I just really love just being around uh, younger folks. And uh, and I wanted to be able to give back. And, uh, and coaching was a way for me to do it. I, I felt like I understood the game pretty well and I knew it pretty well and I could uh, get it over to some younger folks. I agree wholeheartedly. And look, you've been in some great places. Alcorn County is a special place. Biggersville, of course, Corinth School, and now you're at HW Byers. Uh, does it get old ever getting uh, to be around these young people and help them through their lives? You know, some days you have some bad days, but for the most part, 90, 95%, 99% of the time, just love it. No, no question about that. Look, I want to circle back here as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, again, I feel like your family is so close now. You're getting to know all you guys through the years and, and just have been amazed at how your family unit is. Now, describe how important they have been throughout your life. Uh, just growing up, my mother and father taught us to, you know, family first. And uh, and we've all held on to that. And we're a very tight-knit group. And uh, and I wanted to tell you, you, you mentioned on the program, Maurice. Uh, Maurice started it. I'm the baby. I finished it. Phyllis was the best. <laughs> there you go. That's on the record now. Phyllis was Maurice amazing. Maurice killed me, but Phyllis was the best. <laughs> well, Maurice, if you're listening to this, you know, I agree. Without a doubt. <laughs> Look, and again, I also want to mention, I noticed the pin on your tie. Cross, uh, Christian family as well. How important has the Lord been in your life as well? Very important. Uh, none of this success would have been, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish anything without, without the Lord. Yep. Next question. I got two more for you. Uh, coming out of Biggersville High School, arriving at Northeast, what was that moment like? I'm sure, obviously, Northeast being a step up, a bigger college, a bigger institution. You know, what was it like arriving at Northeast when you did? Well, uh, Phyllis and Maurice both had played here, and I'd been on the campus 
many of the times. Uh, so knowing the campus, kind of knew it when I got here, but uh, different people, new people, uh, meeting new people, that was the biggest thing. And the last question I got for you, Coach, uh, how, what does Northeast mean to you now all these years later? Well, Northeast has always been very special to me. I, uh, a lot of the guys we used to, we, a lot of the guys I still talk to now, we loved it here. And uh, if we wished it was a four-year college, I mean, it was, we had that much fun here. No question about that. And a good deal. For last thing again, congratulations. You know, what does it mean now to be a member of the Northeast Sports Hall of Fame? Mm, it's blessed. That's a great word to put. All right, we're here with Johnny Payton. Mr. Johnny, congratulations. Newest member of our Sports Hall of Fame. What's it been like tonight to be a part of this? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. It's it's like, it's unexplainable, you know. You get an honor such as that, man. It just, man, chills, you know. It's just unexplainable. And amazing. It's well-deserved. Look, a man who I know is near and dear to your hearts, Harvey Childress, and he was here tonight. I want you to describe for me what Coach Childress has meant to you because, of course, you played for him for four years at WP Daniel and then now at Northeast for two years. He's like a, he's like a second father to me. Uh, I've had him since I was in the ninth grade. And me and him got this, uh, I guess you, you know how you are with your wife or uh, your girlfriend, we got that kind of relationship, you know. It's just like we think together, we everything we're doing. And I told him earlier, I said, Coach, I appreciate you for opening the door, you know, because wherever you go, I'm coming. You know? And that's the mentor he has been for me. Mm -hmm. I got to know, when you learned he was going to take the job at Northeast, how excited were you about that? Oh, just imagine a 17, 18-year-old kid just, you know, just, gosh, boy. It's, it wasn't no question when, you know, when he said what he – I got an ink with Northeast, you know. I got an ink with him, so. That's, that's special. And, then of course, you had that special year with him, 36-0. and 0. Yeah. As a senior, come to Northeast, and you have the same amount of success. Yes. And that's not easy because of how much talent there is at this level. Yeah. And, of course, going 36-0 in high school wasn't easy either. You know, how blessed of a career did you two have together? Oh, oh like I said, it's, it's, it's special and it's wonderful. I mean, when you can do it with a guy that you came up with and then you transition into junior college and do it, it's just – it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. But yeah. that's the kind of coach he was, you know. Yeah, no question about that. And I want you, for the folks that may not remember him as well, of course, I didn't remember his teams as well, I want you to describe what kind of coach Harvey Childers was. He, he was he was a fundamentalist. I mean, you had to – and you had to play defense. So, me personally, if I had to go out on the line and, and say he was the best educator of basketball that you can imagine, because he's he going to show you all five positions on the court as a player. He's going to show you everything. So That's phenomenal. And that led to the success you've had. Yeah. You know, yes. when you arrived Northeast and had a few down years in basketball, we've always had a great program, yeah. but you helped get it back on the map. You know, how special were those two years? But that, that was great. That was great because we knew it when we was coming over here. You know, you read articles. And, of course, you know, we started trying to win at New Albany so we don't get a chance to just ride and see Northeast. Mm -hmm. But you know, through talk, we you know they was down. So I think when me and him came over here, that that course, you know, if you if you ever been in New Albany, we carry a big crowd there when we go. So we brought that to Boonville, you know, and that was special. And Boonville fit right in. So man, it was great, you know. Absolutely, I'd love to know maybe some of your fondest memories from your two years here at Northeast. One's probably going to uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. Yeah, you know that was one. That was that was now that's something special, boy. If you you know, if you're an athlete, if your mind don't think like that, but you know you gotta win to do that. So if you don't think like that to get out there, it's just like 
to me, you know, it's like the NCAA, but it's only junior college, but it's the same thing, you know, it's, it's gosh. Yeah, amazing place. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and then, of course, getting there, beating some great teams to get there as well. Oh, yeah, you have to do that. Uh, you have to do that. And it's some – I was speaking earlier with a guy, uh, what a lot of folks don't understand, I think uh, – because, like I said, I was going to go Division One right out of high school. But when I got to Northeast, I'm like, well, Northeast not only got talent, but the teams around Northeast got talent. So you see a lot of talent in junior college. You know, I don't – I advise young kids, if you get a chance, you know, Northeast helped me because it will prepare you for Division One. you know. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it's still the same way without a doubt. Look, I, of course, I know the environment that Bonner Arnold Coliseum has today. I, I got to imagine back then it was just as good, if not better, was it not? Oh, it, it was it, – like I say, it was wonderful. It was – when. And I think that's what me and Coach Children has always brought to any arena we go in, any gym we go in. It's the people are going to follow us, you know. And that's – when you look up in the stands, you know, you may be tired or something, but when they cheering you all that, it, it pumps you up, you know. It's great. Yep. I saw Tim McDonald here tonight. I know there were some other guys, your other teammates here. Uh, just talk through some of those guys that made such a big impact on your life and you're still friends with today. Yeah. Uh, uh, Derek Fears was one of them here. He, he, was, he came as a – I was a sophomore when he was a freshman. Derek was a great player, great person, you know, individual. He's out of Memphis. He's a great person. And Tim McDonald, I tell people this all the time, my sophomore year, while my average came down, why shoot the ball when you got a – he's a textbook shooter, yeah. uh, just a pure shooter. And when you got that on you, man, it's – gosh, man, I love him today, man. Just love Tim today. Yeah, glad to see both of them here tonight. They're special yes. individuals without a doubt. Uh some of the lessons I'd love to know that you learned at Northeast that's made you a successful individual through your life. Maybe looking back on that time, what do you think some of those would be? It's, it's, North, Northeast, Northeast has some of the greatest teachers and counselors over here when I went to school. And I tell athletes this all the time. Look, go to class. The teacher going to help you because it will pay off on you in the long run. You may not make it in the NBA. You know, just you take me, for instance. I'm the street commissioner of New Albany. You know, but if I've been a just the any average old, you know, wouldn't go to class and then I wouldn't have the success I'm having right now, you know. So just go to class, you know. Absolutely. And, and I know talking to Fred a minute ago, look, and I, I feel like you're the same way. We're all blessed by the Lord. Now, what kind of an impact has he made in your life? Oh, he, oh, oh without him, you know, and this is what's weird. I was telling uh, a guy earlier, from my sixth grade year to my senior year in high school, I lost less than 20 games. If that ain't the main man leading me, then who is doing it? Hey, that, that's 100% right, and, and he's been good no matter what. Blessings upon blessings. I want to give you a chance because, you know, I, I love and talk to Brendan. Family is such a big thing as well. Would you talk about how important your family has been and maybe some of the impactful people in your life there? Yes. Uh, my, my dad My dad was a, was a big inspiration to me because he'd always come to my games and stuff. He, he, fortunately, he's passed. Uh, my mom, she's a little, you know, she's not where she need to be, but uh, we still praying for her and stuff like that. But my mom and my dad has been big, you know, because most kids you see today, you know, they either got a, a mom and no father, but I was blessed with having two parents, you know, and there's seven of us in my family. I got five sisters and another brother. So each one of them, you know, they've been inspirational to me, you know, they do what I need them to do for me or whatever, you know. I got three kids, uh, wonderful kids, eight grandkids. You know, <laughs> that's a blessing in and of itself. Oh, yes. 
without a doubt. Look, I would love to know some 30 years later now down the road from Northeast and being a student here, when you come back to campus, you know, what, what are your thoughts now as you come home? Oh man, it's, 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 it's much different. It's more buildings <laughs> when I was over here. Uh, but you know, the same atmosphere, people, people today treat me just like they did when I was over here, you know? So that's the bond I'm talking about earlier. You know, we just, Northeast is just family. I love it to death. I, even to this day, mm -hmm. I don't get over here as much as I want to, you know, cause my work schedule and stuff, right. but man, it just, you know, it just, it cheers you up. You know, you want to cry when you come mm -hmm. up. And, and now I guess the last thing I got for you here is you took your place in the Hall of Fame. You're right there alongside Coach Childers. You know, how special is it to be a Hall of Famer here at Northeast alongside him? I, I told him earlier, I said, uh, I said, Coach, you you showed me the way. You opened the door for me. You left rules. You showed me how to act as a man. And now all I got to do is just walk through with you. And I thank him for opening the door for me. I thank him for that. Northeast Mississippi Community College has a storied and reverent past in athletics that identifies where we have been and a passion for success that indicates where we are going. Every former student athlete is a success story within themselves. And the pitch is a line shot into left field. The Tigers are going to walk it off and will walk their way in to the second round. What a gutsy performance. The Lady Tigers win. 70 to 65. Lady Tigers are going to steal one from Senatobia. Cannon fadeaway three. Wesley puts it back up. He's good. He's good. Wesley got it off. The Tigers have won the region 23 championship. Put back the pass. He to the end zone. And touchdown, Tigers. Join us as we celebrate 75 years of athletic excellence at Northeast. And welcome back to the Tiger Town Sports Podcast one more time here. Thanks again to our Sports Hall of Fame inductees, Johnny Payton and Fred Stafford and Brendan Trawick for their time after the ceremony for those wonderful interviews. And thanks to Elijah again behind the scenes for the outstanding job that he's doing, getting everything produced and uh, keeping us on that middle and straight path all the way through. Look, let me tell you something here. We've got another busy week coming up at Northeast. Again, uh, our podcast debuting a couple of days late because of fall break. We had volleyball at Iwamba Community College on Wednesday. They're in action this week into the Sneed State Invitational Tournament. Four big matches there. There are some schedule changes coming to that. Coach Mays has made us aware of. So make sure you're visiting nemccathletics.com to find that updated schedule for our Lady Tiger Volleyball program. Of course, the big game on our docket, Ron Borland. Football week six is the ninth-ranked Tigers head down to face a familiar face, or faces <laughs> as a matter of fact, in Jonathan Webster and the East Central Warriors. Yeah, a lot of familiar faces down at East Central that we're going to be playing this week. So they kind of – I'm not, and, you know, with them leaving brought a lot of uh, open spots here that had to be filled. So there is some familiarity within the conference and everything. But there's also, you know, we're a new coaching staff and they're a new coaching staff too. So there's something that's that's got to give right there. I agree. No question about that. Of course, when we said Jonathan Webster, he's our former defensive coordinator from the last couple of years, took the head coaching job down there this past offseason, took with him three other coaches that were here at Northeast, and a couple of players ended up from our team last year down there as well. So you mentioned familiarity. There's going to be that. That makes this game just a little bit maybe more interesting than normally it would be. 
Yeah, and this is a South Division game, and, and so it's not a, a North Division game, so it doesn't mean the same in, in that aspect. But on the back end, it does due to tiebreakers that could possibly come into play later on in the season. But it is a big game because you want the bragging rights over over each other. Nope, and of course, uh, that's 100% correct, Ryan. And, and the main thing as well, as the guys, and they've stayed humble in all the interviews we've done after the games and during the week, uh, all of them just keep pinching. Got to be 1-0 every week. And and that's the big thing, especially when you get to this point in the year. You're in week six. You're ninth-ranked team in the country. You know, to maintain that ranking, you've got to go 1-0 every week. There's not much room for error, uh, margin for error, especially in this, a league as talented as ours is. And um, when you look at East Central, um, yes, uh, they're still in the process of rebuilding for sure, but they are a team that is more than good enough to take us down if we let our guard off. Yeah, they are, and they're a really good defensive team as well. And, you know, Jonathan Webster, when he was here, had one of the best defenses when Absolutely. he in his time here. And so that's no surprise to, you know, go to East Central and see East Central be a successful defense because they're top, uh, top of the league in interceptions. Yep. So, I mean, what, what would you expect from, from that end of it? I agree. Look, it's their homecoming as well. Um, we had a very happy homecoming at our uh, place last week. They're trying to do the same thing uh, on, on their turf this week. Actually, it's a matter of fact, we've got two straight homecoming games to deal with. Next Saturday, we'll be down in Scuba for their homecoming game. And so that's the goal for the Tigers this week, try to ruin East Central's homecoming, try to go 1-0 on the week. Again, they kick off 6.30 p.m. Thursday night. We'll have it for you on the black channel of NEMCC. TV fall softball happening. Uh, they were at Southern Miss on Tuesday. Fall baseball on Friday at Northwest against uh, Jackson State and the Host Rangers. Uh, they'll be back here next week. A couple of games on Tuesday against Itawamba. Make that note on your calendar. Three o'clock first pitch for a doubleheader against the rivals from Itawamba. And then they've also got a home date next Thursday, I believe, against Blue Mountain Christian University as well on the calendar. That's a three o'clock first pitch next Thursday as well. Golf's in action next week again for their third and final conference tournament of the regular season this fall um, also men's basketball got to talk about them <laughs> as well uh, coming off a successful trip to Georgia they'll be back in action in Illinois on Sunday at the John A. Logan Jamboree and uh, Ron uh, there's no surprise in there they're <laughs> facing John Logan during that game I wonder why maybe we took down the reigning national champs last year uh, something like that do you remember that yeah, something like that <laughs> I mean you know it was a good game up there and Great you know game. it was awesome uh, game they're only law, you know. They didn't lose another game after after we beat them, so that's yep. uh, that might have a little little something extra for us. Yep, that, that might be why we're playing them in their yeah. jamboree, and I think that's one of the reasons that Coach Cordwright's going up there to face some really good talent. We'll have that entire schedule. Be they're playing Lincoln Trail and Olney Central as well, mm -hmm. so that would be three Illinois colleges, three schools that uh, uh, embrace basketball quite nicely, and so that's what you want this time of the year is some really good tests leading into the regular season. Yeah, it is three really quality opponents that you look to face right before the season starts to really see what you have going into the start of the season. Yep, and lest we forget, uh, we, we do want to talk about women's basketball. Chelsea Rhodes and her team have had a couple of closed exhibition games. They played, I believe, Union University and Freed Hardeman University. You're going to get a chance to see them in action on the 25th here in Bonner Arnold Coliseum as they host the Jamboree. We'll have complete details of that in a future episode of the Tigertown Sports Podcast. But I want to close it off by talking about Late Night Madness. That's coming up Tuesday evening, 8 o'clock inside Bonner Arnold Coliseum. So Tuesday's a big day. 
fall baseball here against ICC, and then late night madness to wrap up the day and round. That's one of our favorite events every single year. Uh, Eight o'clock start for that as we get to meet our men's and women's basketball teams. They're going to compete in three-point contests, dunk contests, inter-squad scrimmages. There'll be giveaways for the fans, prizes. Um, just a really, really good time to kick off another great basketball season here at Northeast. Yeah, it's a good chance for the students and, and some of the fans and the little and to bring their kids to come out and just have a have a fun night. Yep, have and, a fun night in a relaxed atmosphere. Um, I think the only lights on in the gym are the ones down on the court, so to get that late night feel to it. Um, yeah, I know it's eight o'clock for maybe some of the younger kids out there, but look, it's a wonderful time. They get a chance to come out on the court, shoot the basketball. For our Northeast students, we sure hope you're there as well. It makes for a great time when they're there. Our cheerleaders will be there. I think the dancers come as well. We introduce those to uh, individuals as well. Um, so looking forward, of course, you know North Northeast says that basketball tradition for a long time and this is one thing coach Wright's really done to introduce this uh, several years ago five six seven going back now and that we've had late night madison it's always been a really successful event and part of that is because of the folks that come and be a part of it yeah and i mean everybody that comes makes it a great time but i also think that the, the kids enjoy it the athletes sure. enjoy it being able to just kind of get out of a practice type feel and just relax and have fun yeah. and and just let it flow at that point, next Tuesday, they're pretty much at the midway point of their one-month preseason practice that the NJCA allows. And so it's a great time. Great timing to have a more relaxed atmosphere. A great timing to kick back in a, in a relaxed environment. Um, let the fans meet you. Get to know you and invite them to make sure they're part of Bonner Arnold Coliseum and the magic that happens in that building come the regular season openers. I think the Tigers' first home game November the 2nd, um, and then uh, I think the Lady Tigers are on November the 7th as part of a doubleheader with ASU Mid-South. Ryan, we need to talk about that on next week's podcast. Go through the entire basketball schedules. They're now online at nemccathletics.com, so make sure you go there and check that out. But again, late night madness, Ryan. We'll see you there 8 o'clock Tuesday evening inside Bonner Arnold Coliseum. Have we missed anything, partner? I don't think so. I don't think so. With that, we'll put a wrap on this podcast. A big thanks again to Elijah Brooks keeping us on that straight, middle, and narrow way here throughout this podcast. For him, for our three guests, Johnny Payton, Fred Stafford, and Brendan Trawick, and for my good friend, Ryan Moreland. I'm Blake Long saying we'll see you soon in Tigertown. Good afternoon, everybody, from our studios. And God bless.